Welcome back to the Wave of the World podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Jacob Bodega. Let's go. Welcome back, everybody, to the Wave of the World podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Jacob Bodega. My podcast serves as entertainment as well as worldly insight into the lives of everyday people creating their own narratives. We discuss various topics ranging from current news to personal one-on-one interviews with some people that I find dope. Um, To the right of me, uh, I know I haven't had a guest in a long time in person, but um, this is my good friend, my ride or die barber you know that if you have a barber that it's like forming a new relationship i went to colorado i'm sorry to cut you off in front of your uh introduction but i went to colorado and i got a haircut and i felt like i was cheating on somebody and i don't ever want to feel that dirty again so this is my man uh mike owner of lennox ave barbershop i appreciate you man yeah yeah i actually um I figured you got a haircut. That's why I was taking so long to respond to your messages. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yeah, like, man. yeah. Next, uh, next time, next time, you can't make an appointment, man. You grow it out. No. It's called loyalty, man. No, man. No. She'll I, she'll stay with you if she's not staying with you. Then it wasn't meant to be. Oh man, the true test of any relationship. <laughs> nah, it's really like that though. Uh, I I remember this one time I went to. Um, uh, it was on a Sunday, and, you know, generally barbershops are closed on Sundays, and I didn't feel like cutting my hair. And I was mm-hmm. like, ah, I'm just going to stop by some barbershop, some random barbershop, whatever. I'm just going to get a chop real quick. And because um, I didn't feel like going to the shop and getting my clippers. So I go to the shop, and I sit down. And as soon as I sat down, uh, as soon as he touched my head, I was like, damn, I'm going to have to go to the shop and fix this. <laughs> I already knew it. Like it's something that you can always you can always feel. Yeah. And uh and I'm looking around and stuff like that. I seen like six open beers, beer bottles. Like he had been drinking on the whole Sunday? time. Yeah, on Sunday. <laughs> so the guy's telling me about uh how long he's been cutting and he's like, Yeah, I've been cutting for like fifteen years and I'm like, Bro, that's not a compliment. Like that's not good. Like this is terrible. And mm-hmm. so he shows me the haircut. And I looked at it for like half a second. I'm like, yeah, you good, bro. And I just gave him his money and I left. <laughs> and I get in the car and I drive straight to the shop uh, to get my clippers and fix my haircut. And uh, But that right there, it, it reminded me like how, um, how uh, 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 un- it's not ungrateful, but like how privileged, in a privileged position I was. Because not everybody can just cut their own hair or fix a haircut. So mm-hmm. I sympathize with anybody who has to... Suffer to a bad one. Yeah, mo- or, or move to a new city, and then you got to find a new barber or stuff yeah. like that, you know? Like, to me, it's always, uh, uh, you're, you haven't really moved into a city until you found a barber. Mm-hmm. It's not home yet. It's a part of, like, the, not, like, uh, welcoming or anything, but, like, you find where you live, you mm-hmm. find, like, what spots you, like, might want to try and, like, what spots... Um, that might be like your go-to restaurant or whatever, right? Um, just to like help you like feel settled in a certain area. Absolutely, and that's definitely a part of that. Yeah, man. <clears throat> yeah, it's a, it's, it's, it's almost a religious experience. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, I actually don't know this. So, how long have you been cutting hair, and what got you actually into doing it? Uh, man. Every time somebody asks me that, I always want to say two years. It feels like it's been just two years. But uh, I started cutting. I graduated in 2014 out of barber school, and I started cutting, like, later on that year. Mm-hmm. I had been dabbling with it for maybe, like, a year before that. And my brother's actually the one that got me into it. Uh, I was living in Atlanta, and my brother kept asking me. He just randomly asked me one day to cut his hair. And I was like, "Why? Well, I don't want to cut your hair, but all right, mm-hmm. whatever. I cut his hair. It was terrible. And then uh, he asked me again to cut his hair again, and I cut it again. It was it was, it was, was garbage. It was still garbage. <laughs> and on the third one, I'm the one who asked them. I was like, yo, let me cut your hair. I think I want to cut your hair, and I think I want to charge you this time. And, uh, and then after that, it just became a thing where I was like, you know what? I kind of like this. And then, um, yeah, and then it just turned into a thing. It wasn't something I I, I remember um, – uh, Hav was the one I remember he said this to me One time when we were In high school And he was like Yeah man uh, When I get out I'm gonna open a shop I'm uh, And then we can work together Whatever I was like Bro I don't wanna cut No damn hair Like what are you talking mm-hmm. about 
And then after we graduated, you know, we would always, you know, hung out all the time. So he would be like, yeah, bro, come to school, come to this. And then I finally called him one day and I was like, yo, I think I'm going to school. Because he used to come to my house and cut my hair. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he would cut my brother's hair. And it was never anything I thought I would ever do. But, yeah. Was that before he had the shop? Yeah, yeah. That that was when um, he was in, he was, he had just started school okay. to go to school. I was actually, I was his, um, I was his model for his first, um, his first interview for this spot. He was guy. He was he was kind of D one, mm-hmm. and uh, um, yeah, I was like his his model for that. So okay. yeah, he'd been cutting my hair for like a long time before that. So do all or do most barbers like cut their own hair or um, like most of the people that work at the shop or like what is that? Because you like you just told the story how you went on yeah. a Sunday to a random barber shop. Yeah, not not most barbers do not cut their own hair. Like it's I'm not even trying to be funny, but it's actually it's a skill to to be able to cut your own hair mm-hmm. the way that you would somebody a, else. A client, yeah, because yeah, so, you're doing uh, everything like backwards almost. Exactly. I have I actually have quite a few barbers that come to me to get the haircut, mm-hmm. and they have and these are guys that own shops. Yeah. So he tells you what they think about their own barber, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh, but yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's something you 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 kind of gotta jump out the window and try to do it yourself. It's almost mm-hmm. like um like I get it because with the uh, with the tattoo artists, like you know every every tattoo artist I've ran into, they always have a really bad tattoo on themselves, and it's like they did it themselves. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, to me, I almost feel like it's like a rite of passage, like because. You know, why would somebody else trust you with their hair when you don't trust yourself with your own hair? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how I feel about it. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so, um, you just, or you're fairly new with your own shop. Mm-hmm. Is there um, anything that you have started that you didn't expect and what you still plan to do in the future that you haven't been able to do yet? Like as far as like shop wise, or are you talking about just in general? Um, I guess like where you see the business going. Okay. In general. Um, <coughs> I mean, I, I I see the business expanding. You know, not just like one location, but you know, multiple locations in the city and stuff like that. Uh, as far as um, something, I I thought it would be easy to just find um, to find uh, barbers. Because I was like in such a privileged position where I worked. Because um, a lot of times with barbers, um, a new barber usually switches shops like three, four times in the first year, trying Is to find a fit. Like just feeling comfortable in a place. Feeling comfortable. Um, you know, even the barber game is kind of is kind of vicious. You know, you get people, you get guys that'll be like, um, you know, this guy's been cutting for eight years, nine years, ten years, whatever, and then he'll be like, and he owns the shop, and he'll say. Uh, Yo, you don't cut anybody who has never walked through that door before. You know what I mean? Like, um, like all like your, a first chair mentality. Type yeah, thing. yeah, and it's like all your client, all your clientele has to be somebody you've brought into the shop. That makes it very, very difficult for somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know. Oh yeah, no, I got seventeen people waiting on me, mm-hmm. and they're all waiting on me. If they're all waiting on you, and they're not, and they're okay with waiting, that's fine. But for you to like force people to wait on you because you don't want the other guy to get a, a shot that's that's kind of messed up and i've seen that happen in real life mm-hmm. um so anyways um my, my point was uh, um finding barbers was actually uh more of a task than i thought it would be because you got to find people that um kind of fit your fit your style you ever been in a room before and it's like four people and everybody's cool and then one person comes in and it kinda just like sours the whole situation. Yeah. Yeah, that's the that's the type of vibe that I'm trying to avoid. So mm-hmm. I've uh I've I've I hired one guy and he's dope. He's 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 a great barber, great personality and everything. And then I've I fired one guy and then I fired another guy before he even started. And you know, so trying to make sure that I maintain that level of um, uh, quality as far as like approachability and stuff, kind of like the stuff we were talking about the the female barber and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's gotta be, it's gotta be right. Yeah. So yeah. Um, now that we're we actually started the episode, um, yeah, just talking about <laughs> talking about what you think a female barber would bring to a a shop that 
is normally dominant. Most barbershops are male. It's a do- male dominated industry. Right, right. <clears throat> um, I think a female barber would bring um a level of like um approachability, if that's a word. I don't even know what's that word. But uh, for for people who feel com- uncomfortable in barbershop settings a lot, and usually the the people that usually feel uncomfortable in barbershop settings will be like single moms or like the sister that brings the uh the her little brother to the shop and stuff like that because it's a bunch of dudes in there mm-hmm. talking you know a bunch of guy stuff and you know I don't want to get hit on I don't want all that male energy around and stuff like that so I feel like you know if if a woman walks into the door uh you know she'll feel a little bit more invited oh okay well there's a girl in here so it may be it may be more comfortable because we do get that kind of energy sometimes when um a woman comes in, if her son is old enough, she'll like, she'll just stay in the car mm-hmm. or she'll, you know, she'll, she'll just have somebody else drop him off or, you know, whatever, whatever. Or if she's in there, she's very standoffish. But once in my shop, once they, uh, they kind of get a feel of the environment, they're more relaxed. They're more, you know, willing to come in and just sit down and hang out. But you don't want it to be like a children's playground. No, <laughs> where no, no, kids no. are like running around because they're too comfortable. Yeah, no, nah, we uh, we cut that out very quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we don't we don't play that. Like you know, respect respect my place like it's your place. Mm-hmm. You know, and I feel like it takes like a woman, kind of like how it was in the movie Barbershop, like a woman of like Eve's like don't fuck with me mentality to right. like kind of like. You're not afraid to walk in there, but mm-hmm. like she can hold her own with, with all the, the other barbers too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's something that to really respect. I have, uh, I have like quite a few like female clients mm-hmm. that come in and uh, for haircuts. Yeah, for haircuts, mm-hmm. and they they're the type that are like that. Like there's some it's like um, they're more reserved, and then there's some where it's like, uh, yeah, you like it'll be it'll be dudes that in and then they want to hit on them. Mm-hmm. And they quickly find out, like, yeah, that's not the one to play with like that. <laughs> like, yeah, she's attractive, but she'll, like, yeah, she'll put you in your place. Yeah, she yeah. might cut you. Yeah, 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 definitely, <laughs> definitely. And I'll watch. All right. Yeah. Um, let's go ahead and get into, which one do you want to start with first, one of these topics? Uh, we start with this guy right here. Cool. Yeah. So we're going to start right off with uh, Kyle Rittenhouse. If you didn't hear the news, um, the judge found him not guilty on all five charges, including first degree murder, intentional homicide. Um, and then there were, I think, like, danger to the like public was another one of the charges. Um, he shot three people. There were all three white guys. They're all still alive, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, what are your thoughts? <coughs> um, I'm not really surprised. Mm-hmm. It's kind of sad for me to say that I'm not really surprised um, at how ridiculous these things go sometimes. Uh, not sometimes, all the time, really. And um, it's, um, it's a precedent for... Um, like one tragic event lines up a uh, a myriad of other tragic events mm-hmm. so when i was uh, i remember i i saw that he uh the gun charges had been dropped and as soon as the gun charges were dropped i was like this kid is going home mm-hmm. like you know he's just walking away from this and then i saw the picture of the uh the it wasn't even the video it was a picture of him crying and i was like I guarantee he wasn't that, crying. Yeah, like this is terrible. <laughs> this is some terrible acting. Just from from a still, I could see that it was terrible acting. And uh, the thing that I um, the thing that I, I, I most hate about uh, irresponsible verdicts like this is that it empowers a um, a group of like minded individuals to feel even more invincible. Mm-hmm. Like, how can you not? How can you not feel? Like I can get away with this if if something like this happens and this guy gets away with it, you know what I mean? And then just the fact that now he's now he's a child and it's it's funny how they deliver the news. He's a little boy, still seventeen years old. He's a grown ass man at this point, like making grown ass decisions. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. when you're moving like that. You're 17 years old, you got automatic weapons, and you cross state lines. That's intention to me. Like, you know what you're doing. Now you want to cry about it, you know, mm-hmm. after, you know, the, the worst happens. And, you know, then you get, you know, you get things like, uh, you know, the fact that George Zimmerman is out here uh, signing uh, Skittles bags and mm-hmm. having town hall meetings and stuff like that. It, you know, that that comes from this right here. Mm-hmm. George Zimmerman made this possible right here. Do you think his age played a role into the judge's decision? Um, yeah, I think it did. Um, but honestly, I feel like I I think it did. But a lot of it, honestly, to me personally, feels like it had to do with the fact that he's white. Okay. Because just the way stuff is portrayed, like you remember the the the, the guy that shot up the Waffle House in uh, Antioch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was um, labeled as um, um, mentally mentally challenged. Like you know, he's like, oh, he's got he's suffering from mental illness, this, that, and the third, and blah blah blah. And um, the uh, the Marine in Texas, I think it was Texas or something like that, was um, labeled as a terrorist and a thug. Hmm. And it's just the way that they switch the the you know however however they want to tell the story. My, I'm kind of in the same boat with you. I wasn't really shocked. Mm-hmm. Um, or, what is it? Not surprised, but not shocked either. Right. Um, <clears throat> just because there are, because worse things have happened and, I don't feel like this was as heightened as like the the murders of like George Floyd and Jacob Blake and you know all the countless others mm-hmm. because they were three white men. Right. And um I don't think any of them pressed charges. I think all three of them got up on the stand. I don't know what they said about him, but I can't imagine it would be anything positive after getting shot. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Um, did you hear the thing about the... Uh, um, I th- I thought it was a joke when I first heard about it. It was the uh, um, uh, <laughs> picking the jurors. No. So it was... Um, what was it? It, it? it wasn't necessarily just like, oh, I want this person, I want this person. But it was almost like picking the jurors out of like a um, a bucket or something like that. And, uh, yeah, the whole thing just seemed very, um, very elaborate. And it was like given a bunch of chances that normally um, a person under fire wouldn't get. Mm-hmm. Because I, I would think that regardless of his age, if you fire off an automatic weapon, one, obviously he doesn't have a license for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so whoever he got it from or whoever gave it to him should also be held accountable. Yeah. Uh, I don't know this to be fact, but somebody told me that his mom drove him down to this thing. Either way, somebody, yeah. somebody had to give him the gun cause he didn't buy it himself. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. Um, yeah, no, that's, I mean, you know, somebody, somebody letting off an AR in the house out of like self-defense you know something like that that's fine but like um you driving half an hour away from your house with automatic weapons to a tense situation like what do you think is going to come out of that like what would you know a rational person just talking about it like what do you what what do you think would happen in that situation Mm -hmm. so at that point to me like self-defense is kind of it's plausible, but it's in this situation. I feel like it's a joke, especially when, because I have, I personally don't really, as far as like the situation that it was that happened, because it was, it was a protest for Jacob Blake, right? Right. <clears throat> I don't know if it was a peaceful protest or not, but I don't agree with. Um, you know, people like 
vandalizing businesses and like stealing mm-hmm. giant TVs like what has happened in last year like Absolutely. it doesn't it doesn't like make like physical se- or it doesn't make sense to me um but at the same time like that's not the answer either to walk through a street with an automatic rifle on your back and two other weapons on your hip <laughs> Absolutely it's antagonizing yeah. like you know when you're walking, like I always laugh whenever whenever I'm out in public and I see the guys that walk around with the with their gun on their hip. It's mm-hmm. like you're already creating a, a negative air. Mm-hmm. You know whether or not anything happens now. Everybody feels, or everybody that saw it feels nervous. Exactly. So you know it's one of those things where it's like, okay, so if we're out somewhere and um and this guy over here, I get into it with this person right here, and they visibly have their gun showing, uh, we're not gonna we're no longer going to fight, mm-hmm. you know, um, we're going to go straight to shooting each other Yeah, because that's the type of energy you putting it there is showing me that this is what you're here for. Mm-hmm. You know, guns are not for display. It's yeah. not, it's not a, a, an accessory to your, to your waistline. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. <clears throat> but I don't know. I feel that, um, I've always felt this, but I think I may be, not alone, but like very much so like not the the rest of America doesn't agree. I think that a lot of the stuff that the founding fathers came up with, the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, I think that most of it needs to be rewritten for modern times. Absolutely. I don't think you're in the minority of that at all. I think no, I, I, I genuinely do think that a lot of people are like, no, like this, if we lose that, then what history or what tradition do we actually have? Tradition of slavery? Like that's a, that's a cool thing to have? Tradition you, of genocide? If, if you go downtown into downtown Nashville, I was taking uh, my mentor um, this past weekend. We were driving um on third street going towards uh printer's alley in broadway Mm -hmm. and there was a sign right in front of a bank and it said and this i don't really mind this part of history just because like if i were a little kid growing up in the south specifically and i saw like a historic sign and um like i asked my parents like what was that i would want them to tell me straight up what happened and the sign said the nashville slave trade and it was talking about like what routes that slave owners used to use to bring them in and out of town and stuff like that. So like things like that, I don't really mind, but like <clears throat> the, um, whenever people get upset, which I think they have a right to, mm-hmm. um, it happened at MTSU too, um, that people were protesting because they found out that, um, the, a couple of the buildings had been named after slave owners or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you go back in time, like we're all fucked up, but I don't know how much of history you have to delete. Cause if you go back to a certain period, like almost everybody was a slave owner and there were black slave owners too. Yeah. Now well, what you're, what you're talking about, I think, I feel like that's something different. That's, you know, um, it's kind of like when you're in a relationship with somebody, right. And they, they do you, they do you dirty. Mm-hmm. Like and then they, you know, you try to stay or whatever, and then you say, and then they say, "Yeah, we're not gonna talk about that anymore." The hell you mean we're not gonna talk about that? Those are facts. That's not me attacking you. Mm-hmm. That's history that happened. Those are things that need to be talked about. So yeah, the you seeing that sign, that's completely fine. Like you know, it's like when uh, I think I believe in Texas, they were talking about um, um, doing away with the part in the history books where they talk about slavery. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But there's certain things that need to change within the laws, uh, or you know, in the Constitution and stuff like that, to fit today's time. You know, we look at um, it'll it'll be just like you know, if um, people were still having because hey, you stepped on my shoes. Now we have to have a duel in the middle of the street. <laughs> now I'm gonna take a glove, slap you a in the duel. face, yeah, because <laughs> you besmirched my name. Like, what are we talking about? Even like you know, when we're talking about changing things oh, like that, man. another thing I feel like needs to change. You know, they have a cap on. Um, the age to run for president, right? Mm-hmm. 35, right? That's the minimum, right? There needs to be a cap on how old you can be. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, it doesn't make sense that a guy who's 85 is telling, he's he's dictating what, what works in the world that belongs to an 18-year-old. You're no longer with the times. Like, there's nothing, you know, like, I remember I saw this thing. It was, um, 
um, it was a it was a versus battle. It was a versus battle, and in the battle, I think in I believe in the comments, I think it was like Joe Biden popped up in the comments, like his Instagram page, okay. or like, and it was just a bunch of bullshit. I'm like, does this dude even know what Instagram is? <laughs> I'm not even trying to be funny, like, but it's it's one of those things where it's like, you know, culturally some people are already out of touch and it's just a natural thing because you're just older. You're not going to relate to a certain point. So it doesn't make any sense for somebody who's that far removed from what society is today to relate to what's going on and, you know, dictate what's going on in the world and stuff like you don't come outside. Mm-hmm. You're so far removed from this thing. What, what sense does it make for you to, to be here for this? Do so, you yeah. think that that point as I've always thought that, um, a lot of older people should be the, the same way that a lot of big companies have like board meetings mm-hmm. that they should be advisors on boards and things like that and still give like still contribute something to society obviously because they've they have a lot of life experience and can give a point of view to younger people and when i say younger it could be a 72 year old man giving advice to a 50 year old man right just a different perspective on whatever it is that they're interested in, as opposed to giving them positions of power. As long as those <sighs> advisory boards don't actually reflect some kind of power. You know, if you're on that board and you're just like, all right, we're going to vote on this, and it's a bunch of old-ass people, mm-hmm. and they're essentially voting on something, then it's almost the same thing. Like, you're, mm-hmm. they're almost kind of like puppet masters. I just feel like one of the greatest things that... Um, is in American uh, uh, law is the fact that there's a switch of power every four years. Mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's brilliant that it's like that. Um, I think it's stupid that we only have two choices. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Um, it should be it should be a lot more. But you know that's that's a a, a much grand thing. You know when you're talking about um, uh, when you're talking about um, politics. You, I think at this point, no real person should be voting for a party anymore. Mm-hmm. I think we should all be voting for policies. Right. Uh, that's what makes more sense. You know, you get a lot of a lot of black people that say, "Oh, I'm a Democrat," and then when you start looking at the things that the Democrats are doing mm-hmm. as opposed to Republicans, you're like, "Hey, you, maybe you should be a Republican." Yeah. You know, according to whatever's going on. But you know, um, the way the game is set up. You're either a Republican or a Democrat because the the news companies, the media, is Republican or Democrat. And if you're mm-hmm. anything in between, um, you're kind of screwed. And you it get, doesn't work out. You get kind of like shunned by both sides, too. Right. Right. <clears throat> but I do think that's kind of interesting. Like if they, let's say, for instance, there was a voting format and they gave you a list of options, like a multiple choice list of options for... I don't know, like abortion rights or something like that. And right. you had to choose which category you you actually believed as opposed to picking what person that you wanted to vote for. Mm. I feel like the the outcome would be completely different. And then they at like at the end show you who you would have voted for. That would be crazy. I feel like that would be a wake up call to a lot of people. That's actually pretty dope. That's actually pretty dope. I think that yeah, I think you should you should talk, you should talk to somebody about that. <laughs> Cause that's pretty genius. Cause, cause that's what people people right now. That, are that would be on. that would be more of like a social experiment. I don't know mm-hmm. if you could like physically trick somebody into putting somebody into power like that. Yeah, no, no, no. no. I'm saying like, but I, I I feel like that would be some kind of um, some kind of steering in the right path of what needs to be happening. Because mm-hmm. the way things are happening right now, it's not it's not right and it's not effective and it only serves. Um, Politics right now serve the old world. Mm-hmm. They don't say they don't serve any any of the the young people. Oh. They barely serve the old world because I saw a video of uh, Joe Biden falling asleep at the climate summit. No, well, he can do that. <laughs> he can do that. He's the president. Oh, no. Um. <clears throat> what else do we got? We're done with that. I'm talking about that. That's depressing. Um. What are your thoughts on um businesses having uh, vaccine mandates because of uh, Joe Biden's declare. 
Um, I think that it's uh, it's very un-American. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think that kind of, you know, if we're going back to the Constitution, I feel like that kind of goes against uh, everything that, you know, they talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very contradicting. Um, and not, now you're moving, you're slowly moving into an area where, um, uh, like communism and dictatorship and stuff like that come in. That's, that's, that's how these things happen anyways, is mm-hmm. you don't just come out and then you just say, Hey, it's going to be a six o'clock curfew. Uh, everybody go in the house, all the women, all the men, have to have facial hair on their face and all the women can only wear things that come up to come down to their knees or whatever the case right you slowly do things like this that's how it starts so yeah like now you're dictating how people run their businesses and stuff like that i don't think and even if it is for like which to me i feel like i don't, I don't know if it's for the betterment of the safety of everybody you know but i just feel like that's government getting involved in places they shouldn't be involved in i was um listening to this podcast this morning and um they said that the u.s has more vaccines than they know what to do with so that's why moderna and pfizer are trying to come up with a covid pill Mm -hmm. because other countries don't have the same access that we do so i think in the same way that i think that medicine like a lot of modern medicine is weaponized against us to make us feel like we have to do something for the betterment of everybody Mm -hmm. that they're also going to use it as a business tool to like, Oh, we're giving 300 million vaccines to India or Mm -hmm. whatever country doesn't have the same access that we do. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. It's kind of scary to me. It is. This whole thing is, is very scary. It's kind of surreal. Like, I feel like we're watching like, we're living uh, um, a long-ass episode of uh, Black Mirror. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Because this is going to be like a huge portion of whatever history is written in like 20 or 30 years. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, even, you know, just the fact that um, now it's, um, uh, I don't know what you would call it. Would you call them Corona babies or COVID babies? COVID babies. COVID babies. Mm-hmm. That's a thing now. Yeah. You know, it's like, <laughs> when were the boomers? Boomers were like the 50s, right? The 50s and the 60s. Yeah, this is a thing now. Yeah. So just as this is a thing, this whole COVID vaccine thing is going to be a thing too. And it's just, I don't know. I was surprised to see how many like big companies would follow suit, like Facebook, Netflix, Ford, Google, uh, Microsoft. So this is where the uh, conspiracy theorist in me comes out. Because <laughs> when I start when I start seeing things like this, then I say, okay. Um, when you get a majority, or or not even a majority, when you get platforms to go along with something, that's when um, that's when you get the the rest of the herd to follow exactly what's going on. Okay. Um, I was actually surprised that the government would even step in. You know, you know how like in in um in um DC, you know, they have lobbyists and stuff like that. They come in and say, uh, "Hey, we're we're going to make um we're going to make a uh, health insurance uh mandated for everybody." But this is what it's going to do though. Like you're in all in actuality, you guys are actually like the heroes in the situation because you're mandating that uh health insurance be, you know, required of everybody and everybody will get punished uh the people who don't get punished but in and at the same time it's gonna pay for anybody who can't have it or whatever the case you know when you're going when you're lobbying for things right so Mm -hmm. the way that they went about this i was actually surprised that the government actually stepped in i thought that the lobbyists would go to the businesses and get them to um to to push it on their workers and stuff like that and the government never has to step in and not make it seem like it's a you know it's a government government mandate type thing. So what's your conspiracy theory? Um, that it's not it's people in power pushing people pu- pushing professional people to make this thing a regular thing. Mm-hmm. 
So when you make it to where it's like, hey, you can't work, hey, you can't travel, hey, you can't do this without getting a vaccine. Now, you know, now it's a part of everyday life. But in the in that same or in that like same breath or like way of thinking, like um <clears throat> like in the beginning of the pandemic in March of last year, when the government um I forget it was only a couple um states, I'm pretty sure, that they did the um they passed a bill where you couldn't like evict anybody mm-hmm. if they like couldn't go to work or whatever. Yeah. Uh, obviously some people took advantage of that. Right. Um the unemployment. Right. But I don't know. I f- I just feel like you can't like you can't force somebody to do something. <laughs> but you can. These these are the little small steps to force somebody to do something. Like it's like um you find you find funny ways of forcing people into doing things. Like when you tell a guy that, hey, you're not going to get your check unless if you get this vaccine. Like, yeah, you, I'm kind of I'm not forcing you to do it, but it will be in the best interest to do it. And I'm I'm going to take away all the other options that that's, you can go. That's like close to like mafia stuff that like happens on. Yeah, it TV. is it's exactly what it is. I wouldn't. You know, I wouldn't. <laughs> Wouldn't be smart. I, 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 I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that it's a bad decision for you to go to this place at this time. Right. But you might want to stay home. I'm just, what I'm You're saying. Suggesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's you know. very like forceful suggestion. Right. I'm not telling you to kill the guy. I'm just saying it would be better if he wasn't here. <laughs> <laughs> but in the same, at the same, or like I guess in like the same breath, which I heard. I thought it was genius on um, Yahoo Finance that um, like companies like McDonald's and um, Amazon and Walmart, they're paying their people like 15 to like $18 an hour, okay. which it's better than it's, it's double what minimum wage is. But what they're doing is they're just not working as much as many hours as they were right, right. when they were making the regular 725 or whatever it is it's different depending on what state you're in okay but i thought that was crazy too like you can't at that point like now i can't do anything outside of like like i wasn't making no money before but now i have more free time right but before i was working um as a means to an end right and now i'm working less but now I have free time to, you know, do other things, which probably isn't good for somebody who's making minimum wage. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's not. It's not. it's a it's a I don't know. It's a messed up whole funny situation. Someone who wasn't making minimum wage that I thought it was very interesting because me and my bosses were actually talking about this because the NFL, specifically the NFL, they provide like personal Ubers mm-hmm. for the whole team. Right. And they let you know that you you have this person on this day mm-hmm. from this time to this time. And there's always a driver. There's like three of them that like share a shift mm-hmm. with like three or four people. Right. And this man decided to, I'm pretty sure it was a Lamborghini that he wrecked. He was going like 150 miles an hour. Yeah, it said 156, I believe. Yeah. I think it was a, I think it's Corvette, I believe. Why? <laughs> because you can. But why? Like, you know that. I feel like specifically with athletes, like, you know the same way that when you're playing on the field, that if like one little like snap or blink of an eye thing happens, that your whole career could be ended. Okay, so so here's the thing, and this is not me shooting this guy any bail or anything like that. Like I think he's a dumbass for what he was doing, but this is the this is the thing that you got. Um, I think people have to consider with these people, right? These types of guys. Um, so when you make it into the league, right? It's it's fair to say that you know this is something that you're probably doing from a very early age, and you're um, you kind of get special treatment and stuff like that because of who you are, right? I was going to. Um, 
my little uh during my little short stint in college <laughs> uh i was at uh i went to vol state mm-hmm. and when i was at vol state i remember um i remember at the beginning of the semester i would see the baseball players in my classes i would see them at the beginning and then i'll see them at the very end and they never had to show up to class they mm-hmm. you know everything was taken care of for them when they were going right because normally, well, specifically with all state, they don't have a football team. They only have the baseball, basketball. I think they might have tennis. They have softball. Mm. And traditionally with normal schools, the football team generates income that, like, fuels the whole right. college camp. It's either football or basketball. But right. I get right. what you're saying. Right. So you're getting special treatment. And mind you, no disrespect or anything like that, but this is community college. Mm-hmm. This is not the, you know, the four-year D1 schools. This is community college. <laughs> so you take a guy like this who is getting this kind of treatment. He's probably he's probably had girls since he started thinking about girls and passing being being pushed in classes and stuff like that whatever whatever. That's why like when some of these guys um when the Vanderbilt thing came came around uh the rape thing, right? Uh you you talk about a guy like that and you say, "Okay, does this guy not understand rape does this guy not understand this it's like well no he's being what you mean right you know who i am i am who i am mm-hmm. you, you you're supposed to give it to me so some of these kids they don't actually understand what's going on and then you put a 23 year old in a situation where uh he has a lot of money and a lot of will to do whatever he wants to do and then the other the other like aspect of it, i'm not saying this was him but in our culture like you know especially like hip-hop culture we suffer from a lot of um, uh, self-esteem issues. Mm-hmm. That's why you see a lot of guys that wear, you know, big-ass chains and shit like that. You wear your money to show everybody that I'm important. Mm-hmm. I do this, I do that, and blah, 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 blah. You doing that is a part of, like, you just being ignorant. Look, dude, you didn't have to do that. You could have went to the club and partied, and then when you were drunk and whatever, you could have had somebody pick you up. You, you could have had somebody come get your car. Now you get in a situation where you're showing off. That's what you're doing. 156 miles per hour, you're showing off. I heard that there was a, 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 a he had a girl with him in a car or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure. So, um, yeah, that's that's all it is at that point. You're showing off and it was, you know, I don't feel I don't feel bad for him because of the position that he was in in life. I have more sympathy for like a regular a regular guy that works at um Coles. And, you know, he does something like this, whatever, right? But for a guy like this, he has, probably has his whole family on his back, changing everybody's lives and stuff like that. And this is what he goes and does. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate. But, you know, at this point, he he deserves whatever comes to him. He's a dumbass. With the In the same sense that you were saying that um, a lot of things are handed to them, I just saw that the judge decided not to send him back to jail. Do you think that's a part of that? Maybe so. I'm not sure. Why not? I mean, he killed somebody. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't get why not. I don't know if it was the woman that was, this was the woman that was in the car with him or if it was who he ran into. I think, I think that's who he ran into. Somebody told me that I didn't, I didn't look, but I I heard that there was a woman in the car. It doesn't, it doesn't matter whether or not there was a woman in the car. It's just the fact that you were drunk and you're going 156 miles per hour when you didn't have to. It was a Corvette. Yeah. Yeah, And he hit the, yeah, yeah, yeah. in the other car. And she was 23. Mm -hmm. So was he, right? He's 23. Yeah. That's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's un it's unfortunate. <clears throat> I feel for the for the woman that got killed. I feel for her family and stuff like that, and I feel for his family mm-hmm. because of all the opportunities that he just killed for everybody. You know, um, yeah. So I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't feel bad for the guy, man. Like Me that's either. that's on him. Something that is kind of exciting that I wanted to talk about is Rivian. 
just for, because we're speaking about cars. Mm-hmm. I hope nothing happens in the future with this company just because <laughs> I'm really excited about it just because they're um, they're giving some, uh, some competition to Tesla. And there's another mm-hmm. company. Um, it's called Lucid. Um, but they haven't had as much excitement as Rivian because Rivian is backed by Ford mm-hmm. and it's also backed by Amazon. Because both companies plan to go carbon neutral by like 2030 or 2040. And I think this is how they're going to do it. Because Amazon is supposed to get 100,000 trucks Mm. in their fleet to help with... um, Amazon Prime is already fast. like. (laughs) But um, I do think this this car company is... Or I think it's a truck company specifically. Mm -hmm. But I think it's super interesting. And... Um, what are your thoughts on like electric vehicles and like what you see like the future going? Because I know you're kind of like a car guy. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever driven an electric car? No, I've never. I, I've been I've been driven in an electric car before. Mm-hmm. Um, the performance is incredible. Like we did the uh, what is it called the launch, mm-hmm. the Tesla launch thing. Yeah, yeah, that was dope. That was crazy. It's kind of crazy that the, they, they the new cars they have the uh the s plaids mm-hmm. they have a thing called the cheetah stance and the back two wheel or the rear wheels lift up and the front two wheels go down mm-hmm. and it adds like like a 1.2 seconds of the 60 uh 060 yeah. yeah jesus christ yeah. it's so fat like it, it's almost like being in a spaceship i don't know i've never been in a spaceship but i can guarantee that's yeah, what it you feels get like hit with the G-force. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like i remember um there so there was this ride at uh disney world i went to uh i think i was like 11 or something like that and it was uh it was um a roller coaster where it was aerosmith and they're trying to get to the concert so it plays like a little movie and then everybody jumps in the back seat and it looks like you're in the back of a limo mm-hmm. and then the car's got to take off the thing took off at zero to sixty in two point three seconds, I believe, or something. I feel like at some point it's not going to be safe for like humans to be in. No, it's not. It's not safe right now. Like it's kind of crazy how they're allowing just a guy with eighty thousand dollars the power to go zero to a hundred in two seconds or whatever mm. it is. But when I was in the Tesla, that was the first time I had ever felt the same sensation I felt when I was on the roller coaster. Mm-hmm. These things are crazy. I actually saw, I watched the, um, it was like a preview of this like a month ago or two months ago or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was pretty dope. Um, I do like, you know, like, you know, the electric cars that they're um, good for the environment and stuff like that. And then also the fact that with the electric cars, you don't have to do oil changes. You don't, you know, the maintenance and stuff like that. The um, The electric cost isn't as much compared to like gas prices isn't right, that much. Right. Um, the length of the battery is great. Right. Um, I need them to sponsor me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, I, I have no beef with electric cars. The only thing that I don't like about electric cars is the fact that they're quiet. Mm-hmm. I like to hear my engine, but I, I know that's something that's. Do you think it can be done? Yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause they filter like their cars, the way they filter, um, engine noise through the, your subwoofers now hmm. you know for some some of these sports cars and stuff like that so mm-hmm. it would be like artificial noises and stuff um i can't remember if it was ferrari or lamborghini but the same person that designed the uh the iphone the apple watch and the mac desktop he got hired by one of those two companies to mm-hmm. help them create an electric car so you may see something like that okay um in the future um but i don't know when it's gonna be mm-hmm. because those both of those car companies are traditionally known for making like loud or not even loud, but right. like like a nice loud engine right. that you know it when you hear it. Right, right, right. <coughs> yeah, it's uh, and the other thing too, the prices are getting high, man, on cars. I don't think that's that bad. <laughs> I don't think sixty-seven thousand or it's starting at. I think, especially for like a. Like, if this was, like, your second car, mm-hmm. I was already looking up the prices. All you need is, like, five or 6000 down for a Tesla. Yeah, big money. 
<laughs> your haircuts are starting at $50 from now on. <laughs> now, I know what you mean. Uh, now, I was just saying in general, like, I remember at, like, at one point, you know, $30,000 for a car was like, whoa. Mm-hmm. You know, but now it's like 30000 gets you in the door if you're trying to, you know. I think at some point, though, they're, like, the electric car coming is either going to... I don't think it's going to completely phase out like regular cars just because there are those like car enthusiasts that right. like collect them. And, right, right. Um, it's going to be like a part of history. and But I do think that once these start coming out and they come out and like they start like taking the place because people used to uh, laugh about the Prius and the, yeah, the yeah, B- yeah. or the Nissan Leaf right. or the, the BMW, the little uh, go-kart one mm-hmm. or the smart car. Like we used to laugh about them, but I think they're going to, if not be 55 or 50%, at least like 70%. And then that's when the 70% of the car market. And then that's when the like price will start to go down a little bit mm-hmm. for like the used ones that might not run as not might not be as quick there Mm -hmm. might be older models the same way that with iphones and all the technology that we have because i think it uh um, i think it'll flip i think it'll flip the other way around i think that at a certain point the uh the 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 guys that like the you know there'll be classic cars then will be like if you like your raptor right now it's gonna cost you a lot Mm -hmm. to to drive it because you know gas is gonna go up even way more, you know, you may be looking at like $8 a gallon or something like that. You know, something stupid like that. I also think that we'll be able to get to places faster than we do now. Because actually one of um, Elon's companies is called The Boring Company. Mm-hmm. And they specifically work with um, like metro cities to build tunnels that are literally just city to city. So there will be one from Nashville to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Or there would be from um, Richmond to Raleigh, something mm-hmm. like that. Okay. Where you could kind of like how they have the Autobahn in Germany where right. you can just go 120 miles an hour. And right, it's right, like right. damn near a straight road. Right. But I feel like with that, like if you if there was an option for you to do that in that space and you do it on the um, the self-driving mode, mm-hmm. like you wouldn't even think about it and you can get there. It might cause the prices of flights to go down. <laughs> Maybe. That would be dope. That would be really dope. <clears throat> Not for the hackers. <laughs> if, some, that? if somebody hacks into the... Now that you got me... <laughs> Have you seen the... Which, which Fast and Furious was it? Uh, there, It's all like one long-ass movie now. But you remember there's one where the uh, it was Charlize Theron and she was hacking into the cars. Have you seen that one? It was like all the cars, like they were all just like. Attacking. Yeah, I know. I know what you're talking about. The last one that I actually like watched all the way through, where I was like, "This is ridiculous," is when The Rock was holding onto the car with the bare chain and the helicopter at the same time. That's where I jumped off shit. Well, that's The Rock. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, like you act like you've never seen The Rock before. Oh my good! I was like, "Come on, dog." Was that? Was that? Was that? I think it was seven. Okay, I feel like that's Captain America do the same thing. <laughs> I feel like he did, the same <laughs> he did something. But something. anyways, but uh, when it was like, I mean, he had already gotten ridiculous. But it was like this one time uh, they had Dom. Uh, Dom had gone against the family, and uh, you never go against the family. Yeah, this time he had gone against <laughs> the family, and uh, they had like harpooned the door, the car door, and you know they were like, "Oh, his car is like registering." 1500 horses or some some stupid like that right and then he decided that he didn't want the door in the car anymore and he was like yeah i'm out of here and he just <laughs> he just slings the door off the car and then he takes off and it's like yo it's, it's dumb you know it's what he does oh man yeah. that's funny no that's hilarious man um i did want to we're getting towards the end of the episode uh this has been a really good conversation though um appreciate you i wanted to do this segment since i have a guest on this time um i didn't prepare you for this so if you need me to go first i will but um it's called the music moment and all you do is share three songs that are currently in your rotation you can talk about like how you found them or like what vibe that they give off or like why you like the song um 
You want me to go? Yeah, you go first while I put it together. I got you. <clears throat> so my number one song, or not my number one song, but... Do they have to be new songs, or it's just nah. whatever you listen to? Right? Yeah, what okay. you listen to. Okay. Um, first song is Yams with uh, by Masego and Devin Morrison. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciate anything Masego does because I feel like he's a genuine uh, musician. Mm-hmm. And there's not a lot of those people that can play multiple instruments and also sing and perform mm-hmm. um, in today's day and age. Um, number two is going to be off of Silk Sonic, which is the project with uh, Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack. Um, they released Smoking Out the Window and Leave the Doors Open before they released the other seven songs, mm-hmm. which I feel like those were on purpose because when you see the album cover art, you already know that it's going to, like uh, like a funk, like 60s or 70s song hasn't come out since 60s or 70s. Right. And um, I feel like they did those two songs on purpose just to let you feel what the rest of the the extra project was going to be like but my favorite song off of that little project is 777 mm-hmm. um which that's on my music moment and then the last one is neo by anime that's my or <laughs> anime Amine. uh i do it every time yeah, uh, i feel like he did that on purpose <laughs> but um that's like my pre-workout song to like get pumped before you know lifting and everything it doesn't have anything to do with working out but um, yeah those are my three just gets you going all right uh so mine is um um it's old it's a really old song but it's uh called sunny by bobby heb bobby heb i guess that's how you say it Mm -hmm. um uh i was we were actually i was watching i was watching a tv show and the song came on, and my baby was like, she was sleeping on my on my chest. And as soon as the song came on, she woke up, mm-hmm. and uh, she just started like dancing or moving around to whatever, whatever. And uh, that's been a, a constant song in replay, just because she loves it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it sounds like a happy song. I actually haven't listened to the lyrics like that. You know how happy songs always end up sounding like yeah some really gruesome shit anyways i'd say that about i still can't listen to the song to this day um it came out like when i was in high school so maybe like when you were like just getting or just getting into or just getting out of barber school mm-hmm. um pumped up kicks by false yeah. people i can't stand that song now though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the school shooter. you know what's funny is the very first time i heard that song i was like this song is creepy <laughs> and that was the first time i ever caught the lyrics to something like um you ever listen to uh you know well, you you've heard it before but EI mm-hmm. by Nelly like that song that's, that's murder music I might have to go back and listen to Yeah that. it's it's literally <laughs> it's just detailing a drive by <laughs> And it was the number one song in the country at one point But anyways uh so it's uh Sunny by um uh Bobby Hebb uh and then uh I'm really really into um I listen to one of one of my clients um Malik uh, him and I, we always talk about music and stuff like that. And then we were talking. About, I had been off Wale for a very, very long time, and mm-hmm. uh, he was like, "Is there any reason?" Um, I just, I, I just didn't feel like his music was compelling anymore, and I felt like his character was um, was more. His character was more uh, overt than what his music actually was. So to me, it made him sound crazy. It made him look crazy because he was almost coming off like he was like Tupac, right? Mm-hmm. Tupac without the catalog. So gotcha. when you're Tupac without the catalog, you sound crazy and stupid. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he was like, so me and him, we were talking about um, the Nas album. We went, uh, I went to the Nas concert and and, uh, um, and then he was telling me, he was like, bro, you got to listen to Wale's album. That album is like, it sounds... It's just as good as the Nas album. And personally, I have Nas has album of the year for me so far. Uh, and I was like, no way. Because I had listened to like three songs from it. But anyways, uh, I went back and I listened to it and the guy was right. So right now, the song that's actually getting me hyped in the gym and stuff like that is Tiffany Nike's. That song, that's one of the first bangers he's had in a, in a very long time, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And then um, 
the other song that I'm really, really into right now. It's um uh it's called Danger by Torre. Um and it's a uh, um Torre he's from uh I believe he's from Brooklyn. But he was kinda he was on the come up um like around oh seven, oh eight, around the same time with J. Cole and you know, all them all them guys were coming out, whatever, whatever. But I don't know, it, it was just it's just the old song that I went back to. And mm-hmm. I'm really, really enjoying. Uh, and then um, I have it's uh, Nipsey, Nipsey Hustle is another one. Can't believe I'm not remembering what the name of the song is. Uh, oh, uh, Right Hand of God. Right Hand of mm-hmm. God is. I just gave you four songs in there. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for me, that's what up. Right Hand of God is like. Uh, I don't know what got me back to listen to that. I wish that, by the way, that album is a classic. I don't know. You know, mm-hmm. you know if, you, uh, if you got a problem with that, come see me. <laughs> um, uh, right Hand of God is, it's like a, it's like a testament um, about your life and where you are and how you feel. And I feel like that song just kind of embodies everything. Like, I feel like I feel every, every bar in that song, I feel. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. It's a lot of stuff in that song that I really relate to on like a, yeah, on a on a very deep level and stuff like that. So that song gets me hype in the morning or when I'm at the gym and stuff like that. So yeah, okay. those cool. are my three four picks. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, I would do the. Um, I just don't have the questions pulled up. Um, is there? anywhere or anything that you're working on that you'd like to share with everyone um in regards to your anything personal or your business whatever it is um let me see uh damn i don't know if i want to say it right now though but uh uh linux Ave is coming out we're coming out with some uh with some merch some apparel that's uh one of the things that's on the horizon right now so working on that and then um and we're hoping to be launching by like springtime. Uh, we'll be launching some stuff, so we're gonna have, uh, yeah, just apparel and stuff like that. That's what all we're working on. Um, and then also stepping stepping into like the media game a little bit. Uh, I wouldn't say podcast, but I would say something in the media realm is what we're stepping is what we're stepping into. Um, so I'm, I'm collaborating with one of my friends. He's become one of my uh, one of my good friends at this point. So uh, Benji, actually, him and I are working together, cool. trying to put something together. Yeah. So I'm not trying to hate to be vague like that, but we're still like building on it and putting it together. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Um, is there? Um, well, I'll let you close out the podcast. I'm gonna do my quick little commercial where I do all my promoting and everything. Okay. Um, as always, you can support the podcast, um, by liking it, sharing it on, um, Spotify, giving it five stars on Apple podcasts. You can also support by going to, uh, www.patreon.com backslash wave of the world. You can join one of the three tiers. Um, you get different perks with each of the tiers. You can also go to jacobsbodega.com. I took all of the rings off of the website just because I told y'all last episode that I'm focusing on new things. So you can still purchase any of the t-shirts. Like I said, that's at jacobsbodega.com. If you want to support this podcast on its own, but you do get some uh, perks with the uh, subscription to the Wave of the World podcast. So um, I think the, uh, the $10 subscription, you get uh, two free merch items a year. So, um, that's like half a year for two t-shirts. I think it's, I think the, I think it works out well. Um, but yeah, keep continuing to like, share and subscribe in all of the places. So without further ado, I'll let you close it up. Okay. Uh, yeah, my name's uh, Mike, Michael, uh, and I'm a barber and you come see me at, uh, Lennox Ave Barbershop we're in Old Hickory. Uh, slash Lakewood, 3400 or Hickory Boulevard. Uh, and also you can follow um, Barber Page. It's Mike Blades, at Mike Blades TN on Instagram. 
and uh yeah that's about it cool yeah thank you for having or (laughs) (laughs) thank you for being on the show um i appreciate you for your time and your insight you're all you've always been one of the um well-spoken people that i enjoyed having a conversation with so i knew this wouldn't be a problem at all so i appreciate it man and uh yeah thank you for having me man it's a, it's an honor and i'm i'm, I'm not surprised uh, i'm very impressed by your setup this is pretty dope <laughs> like you know especially like um it, it speaks volumes to um to people when you know if you in life if you ever want to um when you're wanting to take something seriously Mm-hmm. You have to invest and put yourself into it. Otherwise, it's not going to work because the only way people are going to respect something is if you appear to respect it yourself. So mm-hmm. this is dope, man. I'm, I'm I'm proud of you and I'm happy for you for what you're doing. Appreciate you, man. No problem, man. Um, I will see you all next month in December. Y'all have a happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. Thanks for listening. I appreciate all of your support. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe. Find me on YouTube at Wave of the World Podcast and send any suggestions or thoughts to waveoftheworld19 at gmail.com. This beat is provided by Terminal Beats.